Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to another episode of the Tafsir Treasures podcast. A podcast where we delve into the verses of the Quran to connect with the book of Allah, the greatest miracle of our beloved Prophet. I hope that you enjoy and benefit from the content inshallah and like always, please let us know about any feedback regarding this episode. Having said that, let's delve straight into the Tafsir inshallah. This is where we continue. Then the Quran said that point comes where the people are given their books of deeds. It seems as though, chronologically, this idea of these books of deeds being given to these different individuals, it seems as though it might be a little bit before their actual accounting. Meaning that their book of deeds is done, is given to them, then there is accounting that is done based on that book of deeds. It seems as though that's the case. But what is it that happens when these books of deeds are given to these individuals? Now, I'll mention this before we move on. You know, when, we, when the Qur'an says kitab, when the Qur'an speaks of a book of deeds, obviously this is not literally a book of deeds the way we are used to it. It's not like your credit report. It's not like a report you get that might be 10, 15, 20 pages. Because we know on the Day of Judgment and in the next world, your deeds are not represented by words. They're not represented by a report. Your deeds, they actually show up on that day. They are presents on that day. That's why the Quran says, Muhdara. Everyone will find what they have done, Muhdara. They will find all of their deeds present. It's not that you find a report of your deeds. No, you will actually see your deeds. But because we may not understand fully what that means, the Quran, to simplify it so that you and I can have an idea of what that's like, the Quran says, there will be a book of deeds that is presented to you. But this book of deeds, is it a book the way I have books today, where there are words representing realities? No, it's going to be a book that has those realities within it. Yes, there's a book that contains those realities. You experience those realities. The, the deeds that you committed in the previous world, in this world, you actually see them on that day. Okay, we know this. On the other hand, the Quran says the same book, and this is from other surahs of the Quran, that when this book is given, the individuals who receive their books, they are surprised, they are astonished by what they see in, their book, in this book in terms of how comprehensive it is. Because the way they were living their life was that, yes, if I do something very big, very important, whether good or bad, something very significant, good or bad, yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will realize what I'm doing. He'll know what I'm doing. But you know, the small things I do here or there, <clears throat> the hidden things I do here and there, He doesn't pick up on that. Now, of course, you ask us any of that, we would deny that. We say, no, he knows everything. But that's how we live, yes? And that's why when the human being shows up on the day of judgment, when he sees how comprehensive this book is, how detailed it is, how every little thing that he did and every big thing that he did shows up in that book of deeds, the Quran says that he is astonished. He says, kitab. What's going on in this book? It has left out nothing, no big deed or no small deed of mine, except that it has counted that big or small deed of mine. 
Everything is there in that book of deeds. So that's one, uh, another feature of this book. Not only is it not a book that we are familiar with in the sense of a material book where you have words representing realities, beyond that, it is also so comprehensive that those who are looking at this book, they are astonished. They exclaim, what's going on? We've never seen a report that is this detailed. You know what you want to think about it? For example, when you talk about normal reports, they summarize things, yes? They talk about what you did, but this also contains, in many cases, what you thought. Even good thoughts that you might have had. The thought that, if I had this money, I would have helped out this person. This thought, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards you for it. It shows up in your book of deeds. If you have your thoughts recorded in these books of deeds as well, you can imagine how comprehensive they are. Yes, you can imagine how detailed these books of deeds are. Okay, now this point comes where these individuals, they are going to receive their books of deeds from the angels. And the Quran essentially says that there are two categories of individuals. There are those who are given their books of deeds in their right hand. There are those who are given their books of deeds in their left hand. And in other verses of the Quran, we read Surah Al-Inshiqaq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, some we give their books behind their backs. Meaning that this person receives his book with his left hand, but behind his back. Now, why is it behind his back? Some say because this is a form of disrespect to this person. This is a form of showing that this person, he doesn't hold any value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why they are giving his book from behind his back. Maybe it represents another reality that we may not know of. But the Quran does tell us this. On one hand, it says the good receive their book on their right hand, in their right hand. The, the wrongdoers receive their books in, in their left hands. And then the Quran also says that their left hands will receive it from behind their backs. Okay. But here's the point. If you remember at the end of the last session, we talked about this just to get this, you know, set the stage for this question. What is the first thing that these people say when they receive their books of deeds? Whether they're the good people or the bad people, whether they're receiving it in their right hands or their left hands. What is the first thing that they say? You know that in critical moments in life, when something significant happens, usually it's the first couple of statements or sentences that come out of your mouth that truly show how you feel about this situation. That's why when an athlete wins a championship or an actor, for example, wins an award or whatever the case might be, a, a person has an accomplishment, in those first moments you have, you know, journalists asking him, they say, what do you feel in this moment? What's going on in this moment? What's running through your mind in this moment? So what does the Quran tell us that these individuals say in those first moments when the book of deeds are, is given to them? The Qur'an starts with those who are receiving their book of deeds in their right hand. And they mention two sentences, at least based on this surah of the Qur'an. There might be other surahs where they mention other things as well. But two things that they definitely mention, the Qur'an is speaking of here in Surah Al-Haqqa. Both of them have very beautiful points that we need to uh, go through. So the Qur'an says, فَأَمَّا, verse 19, as it relates to the one who receives his book of deeds in his right hand. Here's the first thing that he says. The first sentence that he, that he calls out, that he exclaims. What is it? He is so excited 
he feels so happy that he shouts out to everybody. He asks everybody to come and please read my book. Look at my book of deeds. Look at how beautiful it is. It's not out of arrogance. It's out of excitement. It's out of the fact that this, these, this life that he went through, that he worked so hard for, there were pleasures that he stayed away from. There were sacrifices that he had to make. There were tests that he had to go through. He had to be patient 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100 years of his life. After all of that, now he has come to the point where he is going to enter into his permanent place of residence. He's going to enter into a heaven where there's no more worries. There's no more sadness. He's so excited by what he sees in his book of deeds that he exclaims almost as if he's, you know, he's lost control. He says, Come and look at my book of deeds. Look at what I did with my life. And this is why, brothers and sisters, we read in Dua Kumail. In Dua Kumail, Ali ibn Abi Talib, sallallahu alayhi when he's mentioning the dua, there are two things that he mentions. He says, these two things are more difficult for me than actually dealing with the punishment of hellfire. And he doesn't belittle the punishment of hellfire. Yes? He says, Habni sabartu ala harrinarik. Let's imagine, let's just say I could be able to take the punishment of the hellfire. So he's not belittling that. But he's saying, even if I could take that, there's something even bigger. There are two things that he mentions, right? He says, فَكَيْفَ أَصْبِرُ عَلَى فِرَاقِكِ Number one, he says, how could I ever stay away from you? How could I ever know that I'm not going to be able to be with you? Right? That's number one. And then he says, how can I stay away? Or how can I watch to those or look at those individuals that you are now honoring them? Because I look at those individuals and I understand I could have been one of them. Yes? How could I be able to take those moments where I see so-and-so person who is being honored by you, whose your love and affection is going towards him, and I look at myself and I say, I could have been in that position. This is why the Quran says this day is Yawmul Hasra. This day is Yawmul Taghabun. Because it's such a big day of regrets. Because this person knows, I could have been this like this person. I could have been the one who when he receives his book of deeds, he is so happy with what he has done. He is so pleased with the sacrifices that he has made. That he calls out, he says, everyone come. Come look at my book of deeds. So the first feature, the first description that the Quran gives us of these people is that when they receive their book of deeds, they call out out of excitement, the sheer joy, the sheer happiness that they pass the most important tests in their life. We all go through tests, small, big. You know, even when you want a driver's license, they go, you go through a test. And if you pass it, you're happy, for example. These are tests that come and go. The most important test, this person has been able to pass it with flying colors. Now, the sheer joy and happiness that he has when he receives his book of deeds. That's the first thing that he says. Come and look at what I did. Come and look at how pleased I am with my own efforts. That's number one. Then verse number 20, moving on. Then the next thing he says is this. I knew for a fact that this day would come where this book of deeds of mine, the accounting of mine would be done for me. 
What is he trying to say? What does it mean I knew this day was going to come? Meaning that this person was a person who ended up here in this position because he constantly reminded himself of this day. He wasn't oblivious of the fact of the day of judgment. Yes? This is why Quran, one third of the verses of the Quran, according to some reports, have to do with the day of judgment. Because if the human being forgets about the day of judgment, then that's it. He's gone. But if the human being is constantly reminded of the day of judgment, this person, he has a path towards success. This person, he still has a way towards success. He says, I knew for sure, you know, usually the word than, we would look at it and we would say it means when you assume something. But than in Arabic, it's actually used in both meanings. Sometimes it's used in the sense of something you assume. Sometimes it's used in the sense of something you knew for sure. I was sure I was sure that this day was going to come. I, I knew this was going to happen. This is how this person ended up here. If a person ends up in heaven, it's because he was intentional about it. It's because he constantly planned for this day, constantly reminded himself for this day. He constantly prioritized this day. That's why he's ending up in heaven. That's why he's ending up with a book of deeds that he's so excited that he calls everyone to come and take a look at it. Number one, everyone come and take a look at my book. Number two, I knew this day was coming. It's not a surprise for him. It's not something that he just, you know, tumbles into heaven. That's not how it works. No, he was intentional about it. And this is why it's important to prioritize your spirituality, to prioritize your next world in your life. Because the one who lives his life and gets into his routines and he forgets about the day of judgment, this person is now vulnerable in the greatest of ways. The moment you forget about these moments that the Qur'an is talking about, now there's a very good chance you won't be successful in life. But if someone constantly reminds himself of the Day of Judgment, then this person, even though he might have shortcomings here or there, fundamentally he'll always be watching himself. Fundamentally, he will always be holding himself accountable. This is why the Qur'an is mentioning this. If this person ended up in this position, it's because he constantly was reminding himself of this idea. I knew this day was going to show up. I knew I could see this day happening. This is why this person is now in this position. Okay. And then the Quran starts to explain a little bit. So this person who receives his book, he says these two statements. What is the situation for him now? What's his fate like? What's his destination like? The Quran very, you know, basically and in a very summarized fashion says, listen, he is in a life that is pleasing to him. It's a life that he, everything he wants is there. The Quran is not going to go into detail explaining exactly what's going to happen in heaven. No, just know that whatever you want is there. That's it. You know, I've received this question before multiple times. People say, how is it, how is it that we, you know, we don't get bored in heaven, right? How is that possible? I said, listen, don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever you want. Just get yourself to heaven. Then leave the rest of it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't worry about getting bored or not getting bored. He knows how to keep you entertained. Just get yourself there and he'll take care of the rest. He is living a life where anything he wants, he has. He's pleased in that life. He is in a lofty heaven. And then take a look at what the Qur'an is doing. The literary 
beauties of the Quran. The contrast that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is drawing between these two verses is beautiful. He says that these individuals, they are in high and lofty heavens, but while they're in these high and lofty heavens, the fruits are low-hanging. What does that mean? That means that the higher they go, the more low-hanging the fruits are, meaning that the more comfortable the life there is, the more accessible anything that they want is. When they want to eat from these fruits, and fruits is just an example, right? It's just a simple, a symbol of the pleasures of heaven. But they don't have to push themselves for anything anymore. They already push themselves enough in this world. This is the world where you make all of the efforts. Once you make it into that world, it's no longer the world of efforts. It's no longer the world of difficulties and pain. Yes, it's no longer the world, the word where you have to exert all of your effort. No, you do that in right now. As the words of Ali ibn Abi Talib says, he says, Al-yawma amalun wala hisab. Today is the day where you work and you work hard. Wagadan hisabun wala amal. And then when you leave this world, that's it. Effort, putting yourself through difficulty, sacrificing is done with. The Quran says, Take a look at the literary contrast that the Qur'an is drawing here. These guys are in the highest of heavens, but even though they're really, really high, the fruits are low-hanging. You know, in the English language, when we want to say something is easily accessible, you don't really have to lift a finger for it. You don't have to put yourself through difficulty for it. What do we say? We say, this is a, a low-hanging fruit. This is what the Qur'an is saying. That that life... You might want to think about exactly what it's like. Let's just say it this way. Everything is low-hanging. Everything is accessible to you. Whatever pleasures you want, whatever, whatever it is that you want, it's accessible to you. فِي جَنَّةٍ عَالِيَةٍ قُطُوفُهَا دَانِيَةٍ And then verse 24. Verse 24 is very beautiful. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to say. He's going to wrap up the discussion on those who receive their book of deeds in their right hand. He's going to move on to the next group, those who are going to receive their book of deeds in their left hand. But then he says this, that these individuals are addressed. They hear this call. They are told, You should drink and eat and enjoy and take pleasure because of everything that you did in this world. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling His servants, that I want you to take pleasure in what we have prepared for you because of the things that you had done, because of all of the effort that you put in. You didn't end up here because you were someone's favorite. You didn't end up here because you had connections. You didn't end up here because you had someone wealthy behind you. Hani an lakum. This is, I hope you take pleasure in this. Why? Bima asleftum fil ayyam al Because of everything that you did in the last world. In the previous days, because of your own work, you had the choice to choose between good and bad, and still you chose good. The pleasure that the human being takes, right? This is why the Quran says, when people enter into heaven on that day, he is satisfied with the effort that he made, because he had the choice of good in front of him and bad in front of him, and still voluntarily he chose good. And this is why the worship the worshipping of the youth and the worshipping of the youngsters is 
even more valuable than the worship of the elders. Not that their worship is not valuable, but the worship of the youth in the ahadith, you find a special emphasis on it. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when a youth turns towards me, this is different. I value it in a different way than when an old man, old woman turns towards me. That's still valuable, no doubt about it. But when a youth turns towards me, he has options. He still has these urges. He still has these things deep down that's pushing him to do this, to do that. Pushing her to do this, to do that. But he's the one who's trying to stop himself. He's the one, because of me, because of my pleasure, he's trying to put himself through this difficulty. Why? Because this is a person who had the choice between good and bad, very vividly, especially living in this part, these parts of the world, but at this point living in any part of the world, really. Our youth have multiple options in front of them. Shaitan knocks on their doors every single day, every single day, yes? And if a youth himself or herself says, no, this is extremely valuable, in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if he has shortcomings sometimes, but when he has those shortcomings, he owns up to it. She owns up to it. She says, you know what? I made a mistake here. I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Islam doesn't allow this. I'm not going to be doing this anymore. And if I have shortcomings every now and then, well, then I repent and I try to hold myself to that same standard. Because this person is very valuable in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why the verse says, Hani'an, have enjoy from these pleasures this is something you should enjoy because of everything that you did in this world you had the choice to go on the wrong path but you didn't do that even though there was no one looking over your shoulder even though there was no one watching you necessarily even though there were peers of yours colleagues of yours that were doing other things they were living other lifestyles but because you had that option and you said no to it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my servant, come, come, this is, what I, this is what I created you for. This is what I wanted you to reach. Yes, some people, they will end up in hellfire. But that wasn't the purpose of creation. The same way when you build a school, the school is built for people to graduate. Now, if someone disqualifies, if someone cheats on the test and, they disqual and they're disqualified, that wasn't the purpose of the school. The purpose of the school and the fact that it was funded and it was created was for everyone to graduate. Imagine yourself in this position. Imagine yourself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your nurturer, looks upon you and says, enjoy. This is the most beautiful thing that you can hear. You know how when you hear a, a, you know, a loving, affectionate statement from your mother, from your father, it gives you this sense deep down. Why? Because your mother or the father are the ones who had such a deep connection with you. Imagine this address, this call comes to you from the one who created you, from the one who nurtured you, from the one who you repented to and he forgave you over and over again, the one who has the closest relationship with you. Then you reach a point at the end of the day where he says, Hani and enjoy. Imagine how beautiful that call is. And if the person, if we work properly in this world, where we try to stay away from sin, and if I do commit a sin, that I repent and I hold myself accountable, then hopefully, inshallah, we'll be amongst this group. When we go through these verses of the Qur'an, put yourself in this situation. Because at the end of the day, the Qur'an says you're going to be in one of the two groups, right? 
فَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِهِ This is what happens to them. Okay, moving on. Verses, um, moving on to verse number 25. وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِشِمَالِهِ But as it relates to the one whose book is given to him in his left hand, which we said in other verses of the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ وَرَاءَ ظَهْرِهِ He's given his book behind his back. And we said these two verses, they don't contradict one another. They are compatible with one another. You can get your book behind your back with your left hand, completely compatible with one another. Okay, so what happens to them? With those who receive their book in their right hand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did two things. First, He explained what they exclaim, what they say initially, number one. And then number two, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them. Those are the two things that he mentioned about them. The same two things now he's going to explain to those who receive their book of deeds in their left hand. Here's the first thing that he says. I wish I was never even in this position. I wish I was never even given my book of deeds. Because he knows this book of deeds that he has is problem. It's trouble. He's stuck now. This is why the hadith of the Ahlul Bayt says when they were asked, what is death like? He said, well, it depends. The Imam said, if, if I'm not mistaken, Imam Sadiq says this. He says, it depends on what type of person you were living in this world. And you see the Quran and Ahlul Bayt, they always, they always categorize. They don't generalize. Are you leaving this world? The death, barzakh, the day of judgment. The Quran and Hadith, they never generalize. Yes, it's going to be scary no matter what. No, it's not, that's not the case. It's going to be scary for some people, and then it will be wonderful for other people. It just depends if you were prepared for it or not. The Quran always categorizes this. This group, this group. This group is going to be like that, and then that other group is going to be like this. Yes? They show up to the Day of Judgment. Some are going to be shaking with fear. Some, no, they're not shaking with fear at all. Some, when they die, it's going to be very difficult for them. Others, when they die, it's going to be the most convenient thing that happened in their life. It just depends. So the hadith of Imam al-Sadiq, when he was asked, they said, what is death like? He said, well, it depends. If you are amongst those who did good, you know, and everyone makes mistakes, but at least when he makes a mistake, he quickly repents. He quickly repents and he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness, genuinely, sincerely. Okay, he said, this person, it's like he is now going upon a group of relatives and friends that he had been missing for years and years. He's returning back to the group of people that he had been missing for years and years. He goes back to the people who have a deep relationship with him. And then he said, But the one who is a wrongdoer, and he wouldn't repent. And he just felt like he has the green light to do what he likes. This person, he feels like now he's coming back to court. He feels like he's being held accountable now. He feels like before he was free to do whatever he could do. And now he's being captured and brought to justice. It's a terrible feeling that he has. But it depends which group he falls under. Ya laytani lam I wish I was never given this book of deeds of mine. Number one. Number two, And I wish I would have never known what my deeds were. You know, when you receive a report of your deeds, if it's really terrible, 
you know, by the time you get to the middle of it, you're like, forget about it. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even want to know what the rest of this says, yes? Because it's so terrible. You're not excited. The first group was excited. The first group, when they get their book of deeds, they look at it. They ask others to also take a look at it. This guy, because he knows his report is so full of problems, he says, Let's, you know, I, I don't even want to go through it. I don't even want to see it. He says, I wish I didn't know what my hisab is, what my accounting is going to look like. Ya laytaha kanatil This is the first, third statement that he makes. He says, I wish that my death, my original death, was the final death of mine. I wish I would just die with that. I don't want to be resurrected. I don't want to deal with this report. Okay, now this person who now has reached this point where before he felt like he was free, now he's being held accountable. Now we have to ask, what was this person doing? What, why is it that he's in this situation? The Quran is going to explain. What did this person do to end up in this situation? Did he... Just miss a prayer here or there? Did he miss a fast here or there? Was he supposed to give this financial duty that he had and then he didn't do it maybe and then now he's ending up in this position? No, the Quran, at least in this verse, uh, these verses, will explain why did this person end up in this position. Okay, but before that, he says this, My wealth didn't do any good for me. You know, I thought... This wealth that I worked so hard for, that I worked years and years to get this wealth, I thought it would help me out at the end of the day. Ma agna anni malia. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. Halaka anni sultania. The power, the authority I had, the positions I had socially, politically, I thought that they would help me. But they're all lost. They're gone. It's not even, they're not even real things. Halaka anni sultania means that my, my sultan, this power and authority that I have, it's halak, it perished. Not that it's there and it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't even exist because it was fake. It doesn't even show up on that day. Okay, now the Quran tells us, this guy with, with this reaction, how did he end up in this position? What did he do? The Quran says, in, in following verses, the Qur'an will tell us why he ended up in this position. But for now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Take him and chain him. And then place him in the hellfire. And then chain him with other chains that their length is 70 dhira. is a unit of measurement that was used during the time of the Prophet which was from, uh, you know, the, the tip of your fingers all the way to your elbow. And it's, a, it's something you find multiple times in many of our hadith because it was a unit of measurement at that time. We might use like foot or feet today. They use other u units of measurement naturally. Yes? It says, then they will chain him with length, longer chains. Okay, this person is never going to make it out, you know. He's in a position where he's going to be heavily punished. Okay, why? What did he do? Now the Quran says, it's because he didn't believe in God? No. Because he continuously rejected the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, this kana that you find in the verse is referring to a very critical point. And this is a mistake that we make very often. 
that we think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives people opportunities once or twice. That's not what happens. If a person ends up in hellfire, he's had multiple upon multiple opportunities. The Quran doesn't say, إِنَّهُ لَمْ يُؤْمِنْ He didn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran doesn't say, one time we delivered the message, he rejected the message. He says, إِنَّهُ كَانَ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ He was continuously rejecting the message of Allah. So we gave him multiple opportunities. The Quran says we gave Fir'aun nine different signs. Fir'aun, let alone you and me. For you and me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us many more signs. He says, وَكَمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونَ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَمْ مُعْرِضُونَ So many signs we sent them and they're just walking as if we don't even exist. This is why this person ended up in this position. Not that this person, one time, he wasn't paying attention, he missed a prayer. No, no. This person, fundamentally, he rejected the message, number one. Number two, he was presented with the opportunity and signs multiple times. But every single time, he said no. He rejected the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beyond that, he did something else as well. That was the first thing that he did. Second thing, And he also... When it came to helping the poor, when it came to helping those who were in need, the orphans, people who needed his help, not only did he not give of his own wealth, he didn't even ask others to give wealth. He just walked by them as if it's just another day, as if they don't even exist. He knew he's supposed to give from his wealth. Not only did he not give from his own wealth, he did not even encourage others to give from their wealth either. He just walked as if this person doesn't even exist. He might have been stolen from this person. He doesn't care. He not only has haqqullah on his hands, he rejected the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also has haqqul nas on his hands. A duty he had that he was supposed to carry out. Then the Quran says, فَلَيْسَ لَهُ الْيَوْمَ هَاهُنَا Because of him doing these things, on this day he doesn't have a hamim. On this day, he doesn't have a close friend. Hamim is the one who is a friend, but he's a very close friend of yours, an intimate friend of yours. It says, on this day, he doesn't have anyone. What is the connection between these two? Because the Quran says, he didn't do these things, so because of that, on this day, he doesn't have any friend. What does that mean? What is the connection between these two? If I didn't help the poor, why is it that I don't have a friend on this day? That connection is something that we have to discuss inshallah in the following weeks why is the Quran saying therefore because he did this therefore he has no one to help him on that day and he also has nothing to eat either why is the Quran building a connection between what this person did and the punishment that he is dealing with on that day and then the Quran continues to verse 37 38 and that has another discussion that we will leave, inshallah, for the following week. With that, inshallah, I'll bring tonight's talk to an end. Thank you, dear brothers and sisters, for tuning into another episode of the Tafsir Treasures podcast. I hope that this episode was another step for all of us to coming closer to having a deeper understanding of the Quran and the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
If you would like to stay updated on the courses, the presentations, or the other podcasts that Mizan Institute is offering, you can always follow us on the major social media platforms on Facebook, on Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can always refer to Mizan Institute's website, which is mizaninstitute.org. Finally, if there is any feedback, feel free to leave a review for the podcast or you can always message us directly on any of these platforms so that we can benefit from your feedback for future projects, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.